Good morning. Today is Sunday, November 15th, 2020. The Jewish people suffered the loss of another great Torah leader, not as well known within our community, uh, but a great leader nonetheless, Rabbi David Feinstein, a blessed memory. Rabbi Feinstein lived on the Lower East Side. He was the head of a very important yeshiva, to Teferis Yushalayim in the Lower East Side. He was the son of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, the great halachic sage of the previous generation. And in addition to the fact that Rabbi David Feinstein was a wellspring of Torah knowledge, of halachic leadership, and connection to not only his students, but many, many people around the world. But he also was a person of tremendous humility, a person who was very down to earth, a person whose refinement of character was evident in everything that he did and everything that he said. So I did not have the privilege to know him on a personal basis. I want to share with you two stories from a friend of mine, Rabbi Akila Males. Rabbi Akiva Males, who also did not have a personal relationship with him, but had two encounters with him through his life, and they both left a very, very deep impression. And both of them are um, lessons that are practical for us and really something that we can learn from. So, so Akiva Males tells the story of when he was a student and he was studying in a yeshiva in New York, and one of his friends, a fellow student, this friend's mother passed away at a young age. And so he, Akiva, and a couple of his friends went to Brooklyn, to the Shiva house, to make a Shiva call. And as you well know, you know, you go to a shiva house and there are very different kinds of experiences. Sometimes um, the, the mood is almost jovial. A person may have lived a full life and their passing was expected and of course they mourn and the family is mourning, but there is a sense of fulfillment and gratification. A person lived a full life and, uh, and then other times, tragically, when a death occurs suddenly and a young person and a family is left bereft, the mood is very, very different at that Shiva house. And at this Shiva house, it was very somber. It was very quiet. No one knew what to say. And so this group of young men came into the Shiva house to visit their friend and his family. And they didn't know what to say. Of course, they were just, you know, late teens, but they didn't know what to say. They sat for a while. They tried to say a couple of words that maybe would be appropriate, but they finally got up and they left and they felt completely inadequate with this visit because they were certain that they had not done what they needed to do, which is, of 
a, a common experience, especially in a difficult circumstance. Um, we don't know what to say. And sometimes we may even hold ourselves back from going to visit such a Shiva house because we don't know what to say and it's so uncomfortable and it's so tragic. So this group of young men felt that way as they were leaving the house. As they were leaving the house, a car pulled out and Rabbi David Feinstein got out of the car and he was about to come in to visit the family. So this group of young men understood here is a man, a great Torah leader who knows what to do and what to say under these tragic and difficult circumstances. So uh, they wanted to learn from him. They wanted to see what does a master do in this difficult circumstance. So they followed him back in and they went back inside the Shiva house and they sat down in the back to observe how Rabdavid Feinstein would act at this particularly tragic Shiva house. So they saw that Rabdavid Feinstein came in and he sat down and he did nothing. He didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. He simply sat and they could see by his body language in his silence how greatly saddened he was by the loss this family had suffered. And Akiva and his friends, these young men, they were waiting for him to say something of comfort, something uh, to recognize uh, what had happened, um, but he did not offer any words. He simply sat and without saying a word, the pain of the loss was completely palpable. And these boys understood what a profound lesson they were watching in person from the front row. Because the point of a Shiva visit is to let the mourners know that they are cared about, that others feel the pain of their loss. But contrary to what many people think, visiting a Shiva, comforting a mourner, is not about coming up with some magic words that are going to put a grieving family at ease. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be simply by our presence, making it clear the loss that we feel and the loss that we know that they are feeling. No words are necessary. And if we understand this, making a Shiva visit under these difficult circumstances would be much less intimidating for someone thinking of going for such a visit because you're not expected to come up with the right words. You're not expected to come up with 
the magic words because there are no magic words. After a certain amount of time had passed in silence, one of the other mourning children said to Rabbi Feinstein, <clears throat> an earlier visitor had suggested to us that since our mother had passed away at such a young age, it means that she was able to accomplish in her short years all of the good deeds that God had in mind for her. And therefore, um, she was taken at an early age because she had finished all of the good deeds that she was supposed to accomplish. So that's what this child was reporting that somebody else had said. Clearly, he wanted Rabbi Feinstein to agree with that idea and to tell them what a righteous woman this was and how beloved by God she must have been and that her passing at an early age had some kind of positive message about her character, about what this tragic event meant. Rabbi Feinstein was a purveyor of truth under all circumstances. And Rabbi Feinstein chose not to agree with what this young man said. And instead, he shrugged his shoulders and he said, we don't know. We have no idea how God runs the world and why God decides what he decides. All we know is that God has a plan and that everything that occurs in the world is part of God's plan. And the young men who were watching this understood what an amazing lesson they were learning. First, this lesson of silence, of not trying to offer words when we don't know what to say, but then not to say something that perhaps lacked a certain amount of honesty and significance and integrity. He wanted to be honest with the family and he wanted to be honest with everyone in the room. And maybe although suggesting some kind of a theory might in the short term make people feel a little bit better, but thinking that we somehow understand God's ways and that we can come up for a rationale for why God works, that can do more harm than good in the long term when our theories fall short. And so Rabbi Feinstein taught them this amazing lesson. And Akiva, my friend, writes in this essay that years later, whenever he catches himself, maybe in his words, arrogantly thinking to himself, I might somehow understand what God has done or what, what, why God has done it. He remembers Rabbi Feinstein's words. It can't be done. We save the words when someone passes away, God forbid. We say that God is Dayan Ha'emes. God is a true judge who has a plan. 
and we pray for the day when there will be some kind of prophecy or message from God that will illuminate that plan for us, but until that happens, we simply do not know. That's the way a person of humility and integrity acts. Not to lead someone on with perhaps a false understanding, but rather to simply state the truth. We do not know. The second story tells is quite different. It concerns an event that occurred again a number of years ago. There's a yeshiva in New York called Chavetz Chaim, a very great yeshiva. And a number of years ago, almost 20 years ago, they embarked on a plan to build a new building. They had outgrown their building and they built a new building. And finally, after a long amount of time, they finished the new yeshiva building. It was in Queens, New York, and there was a celebration known as a Chanukah Sabayis, the dedication of a new home. In this case, the dedication of a new yeshiva. And they invited dignitaries and Torah leaders from all over to celebrate and to address the crowd over this significant new happening. And so, Rabbi Feinstein, Rabbi David Feinstein was one of the speakers and he got up to speak and he said the following words. He said, Zeh HaGadol Katon Yihyeh, which literally means this great one should one day be small. Now, in saying these words, he expressly was quoting his father, the great Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, who would often offer the same blessing when he went to help inaugurate some new synagogue or school or yeshiva that had just been built. And it's a play on words. At a bris, when we offer the baby his Jewish name, we give the following blessing to a baby at a bris. Zehakaton gadol This little one should one day be great, should one day grow up. That's the blessing we give for a newborn baby. And it's a beautiful baby. This is a play on words. Zehagadol katonyia. This great building that was just built to accommodate a larger crowd, which of course is not yet full because it's bigger than it used to be. So there's a lot of empty space right now. So Zehagadol, this big building that at this moment is larger than is needed for its capacity, Katonia, very soon should grow so that it becomes too small for the number of people who want to use it. And therefore, it needs to be rebuilt even larger in the future. What a beautiful and interesting twist on the famous blessing to wish success and growth to a an important institution. Just to think about those words for a moment, they apply to us today in a very different situation. We today find ourselves, we at Adath and many other places, we find ourselves back in shul. Of course, I'm not there and I won't be there at least for two weeks while I'm in quarantine, but we find ourselves back in shul and instead of a big crowded shul, we have a big building, we have a gigantic room, we're only allowed now, according to the COVID regulations, we're allowed 25 people. So we have this big room with just 25 people spread out in the whole room. 
And I think we also have this prayer, Ze Hagadol Katoniyeh, this big building, this big room that is right now so far underutilized because of the regulations we have to follow. One day soon should be filled, should be like a small room crowded with great amounts of people back in shul, healthy, safe, able to pray together, to socialize together, and to be together. And I hope that that bracha from Rav David Feinstein will come true for our shul and for other Jewish organizations and institutions in the future. Two stories from a great man, Rabbi David Feinstein. May his memory be a blessing to the entire Jewish people. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.